Hello and welcome to Mega City Book Club, the podcast all about the galaxy's greatest comic. I'm Eamon Clark, and my guest is a new recruit from the Hell's Kitchen branch of the book club. It's a warm welcome to from his YouTube channel, Comic Book Sam. It's Sam Morgan. Welcome to the book club, Sam. Hello, Eamon. Thank you for having me. Well, this is great. We did talk about doing this, and then we got to meet up briefly at uh, the Coventry, what was it called, Meanwhile in Coventry Festival that has happened recently. That's it. I noticed you had, uh, I was in Forbidden Planet, and uh, you were looking, I think, for an Al Ewing book. That's the one. I noticed you had a, yeah, I noticed you had a copy of 2000 AD and uh, mentioned it. Then I recognised your voice, and then (laughs) I was like, Oh, you're Eamon. We've already chatted over Instagram. Yes, indeed. And we'd set this up and here we are a few weeks later talking about uh, some great comics. Now, before we get to the marvellous book you've chosen for the book club, um, can I take you back to your comic book uh, origin story? What were your first comics that you read and how did it lead on to 2000 AD? Sure. I mean, as a kid, as a child, I wasn't aware of 2000 AD, more of a Beano I read Beano, and I did have the occasional um, hardcover annual, like the Marvel annuals that come out at Christmas. So those are the comics I had as a child. Then I got into uh, computer games. I had a ZX Spectrum, and I was all about the computer games. And then around about 14, I got a copy of the Hulk computer game. And that came with uh, a comic book, a Hulk comic book. I think it was drawn by Sal Pusima. I'm not quite sure. But I read that, and then something struck in my mind about reading the old uh, Hulk Black and White Digest as a kid. And I thought, I'll go, I'll pop over the road and uh, buy some comics. They had all the Marvel comics, I remember. Uh, I bought a, a Spider-Man, and I also bought uh, Daredevil 226, which uh, uh, we'll come back to later on. And that was that was a revelation. I was I, I started reading them. And I was buying the Marvel comics from the news agents. Then, because I come from Cardiff, uh, my parents uh, took me on a Saturday. Uh, they were wandering around um, Jacob's Market, which is like an antiques market. And in the corner, there was a comic shop. I think it was called Cardiff Fantasy Centre back then. Uh, it's still there today in Jacob's Market in Cardiff. And uh, that's it. I was hooked. Every Saturday, I was going along there and uh, buying comics and uh, being recommended comics. I uh, It was all Marvel first off, but, uh, and I loved Fantastic Four by John Byrne. So they recommended me Man of Steel uh, by John Byrne. And then uh, as an impressionable 15-year-old, they gave me a copy of Watchmen number one. Oh, bloody yes. I was absolutely hooked. So I went... This Alan Moore guy is great. What else has he done? And then uh, I think I got a copy of the Titan collection of DR and Quinch, which was which blew my mind. Yeah. And then I went from that to Halo Jones. And then I got the first Judge Dredd uh, Titan book, uh, all Bolland. And that, that was amazing. And that led to my first prog, which I think was about, uh, issue 509, 510, something around there. And uh, 2080 all the way. Fantastic. And as you will get to at the end, you cover 2080 weekly on your YouTube channel, don't you? I do, yes. The Flux Sub, I call it. The first Flux subscriber unbagging. 
Right. <laughs> and so obviously you uh, you are a subscriber. You're getting it every week. Um, and the magazine as well? Uh, no, I, I've tried the magazine and I, I always mean to catch up. But uh, no, I just stick with the progs. I have read the magazine before. I, I remember buying the first issue of the magazine and collecting at start. I mean, you know, the first issues of the magazine were amazing. Uh, America, Judge, uh, the story of Judge Death. Um, oh, just great stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, you've mentioned a key issue in there. Tell us about the book you've chosen to come on the book club with. Aha, I've chosen today, Eamon, uh, Born Again by Frank Miller and David Mazzuccelli. The seminal uh, Daredevil work. It's not Frank Miller's first Daredevil work, but I believe it is definitely his best. So one of the key Daredevil stories, which ran in Daredevil 227 to 233 in 1986. You mentioned Frank Miller, David Mazzucchelli, uh, coloured by Christy Scheel and Richmond Lewis, lettered Joe Rose and an editor at the time, Ralph Macchio. And it is widely available to in trade. I've got a trade paperback in front of me. You've got your original issues, of course, haven't you? I do. I do. The ones I bought from that news agency in Cardiff all those years ago. Fantastic. So tell us, I mean, slightly unusual for a sort of British-centric podcast. Why have you chosen this particular one for the book club? Is it those early reading experiences? I think so. Uh, I really think uh, Born, the re- Born Again is the reason I'm still reading comics these days. It's just, it's just a work of art. It's absolutely amazing. You've got the storytelling. You've got the, uh, the story. I mean, the art is just absolutely incredible. And this, it's chock full of amazing moments and things that were, you know, things that have reverberated down through the Marvel Universe. Uh, even today, I I bought uh, the latest issue of X Men, and in there it's got um, Ben Urich as a character, and he references Born Again. It's still being mentioned the same way as in um, 2000 AD, the Apocalypse War is still being mentioned. Um, Born Again is one of Marvel's um, Apocalypse War, if you if you'd. Uh, if you'll uh, take them metaphor, it's it's their apocalypse war. Yeah, I, I mean, it even has an issue called apocalypse, doesn't it? I think. Um, yeah, so it is well, one of the greats from the eighties. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, of course, it was. Uh, I think it was referenced. I think the second series of Daredevil, the TV series, the Netflix uh, was, show, was yes. a loose born again. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. So a little bit of background. Frank Miller probably made his name on Daredevil with his run from 1979 for three years, where he joined the title originally as an artist on issue 158. Uh, And then from 166, I think he was writing as well as penciling and introduced all that great stuff into Daredevil, particularly the character Elektra, the ninja assassins, the hand, um, Daredevil's mentor stick, and all that sort of gritty, street-level, sort of pulp noir feel to Daredevil that made it a relevant title again. So he'd done this big run... um, for a while in the sort of like, you know, as I say, late 70s, early 80s, sort of made his name, I think, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, definitely. He was a, I think then he went on there to um, Dark Knight Returns and Ronin. 
lots of other stuff. I don't think he ever fully left Daredevil, though. Um, there was the Kingpin graphic novel with uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. Oh, yes, yeah. And he also did Electra uh, Libs Again. I think that was drawn by by him as well. So, And also, he had other little stories in Daredevil. For, yeah, for example, there's a... There's a, there's a very odd issue of uh, Daredevil, Daredevil 219. It's got a Frank Miller cover, uh, and it's got Daredevil on the cover, but that's the only place you'll actually find Daredevil in this Daredevil comic. It's called Badlands. Uh, it's drawn by John Buscema, and uh, it's essentially a Daredevil comic without Daredevil. It's all about a stranger coming to a town. It's very Western. Uh, the stranger doesn't speak. He's never given a name. It's sort of maybe suggested that it's Matt Murdock coming to right or wrong. It's it's an extremely odd issue of Daredevil. I mean, it's a brilliant story, but uh, yeah, Frank Miller was always around Daredevil uh, until he came back um, for Born Again, I think. Yeah, a character that he loves and a character that he's really good at writing. So let's um, let's get to issues two two seven to two three three. Give us. For anybody who doesn't know about Daredevil Born Again, give us a sort of brief outline of the plot. Why is this story so important? Sure. Essentially, essentially, the Kingpin discovers Matt Murdock is Daredevil and decides to break him. He destroys his job. He destroys his life. He destroys his home. Essentially, he puts him out on the streets. And eventually, he wants to break Matt Murdock before he kills him. Of course, uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> there's a there's an amazing panel. So Daredevil is uh, he's beaten up. Matt Murdock's beaten up and uh, put into a taxi and driven off the side of uh, a dock uh, for dead. And then I think it is in issue the end of issue two two eight. You've got the amazing uh, page where the kingpin has the photos of the crime scene where um, the taxi cab has been uh, uh, dropped in, but there's no corpse. There's no corpse. And you just see that Matt Murdock has survived and is uh, homeless on the streets. Then you have a couple of issues of him bringing himself back up. Uh, he meets his his mother. I think it's suggested. I think it's heavily implied that it, uh, uh, the nun that he meets who helps nurses him back to health is his mother. There's a fake daredevil that's been costumed by uh, Melvin Potter, the gladiator, um, to uh, implicate uh, Matt Murdock in murders. He basically has uh, a fight scene with him. And essentially, Daredevil comes back, uh, meets the Avengers, fights Nuke, who's a, uh, um, who's a super soldier paid for by the Kingpin to wreak destruction. And, uh, yeah, it's just... It's just an amazing story, and it all—it's all wrapped up with a happy ending at the end. Yeah, I'll ask you about the ending a bit later on. Um, you mentioned that strange issue of Daredevil where the character doesn't appear. Because if we talk about Frank Miller's writing to begin with, what's a, quite fascinating about the first three or four issues is that it's Matt Murdock. He doesn't put the costume on, does he? Um, it's a story about Matt Murdock and the Kingpin's attempt, as you say, to break him completely and how close he gets to being completely wiped out and then how he builds himself back up again. Um, it's remarkable writing from Frank Miller, don't you think? Absolutely. There's definitely themes of 
costumes and and I, secret identity. I think this is one of the first Marvel comics where they really dig into the secret identity, and um, because it's he's he's not Daredevil. He is Matt Murdock. Uh, Daredevil is this is I is his costumed identity, and it's Matt Murdock that's broken, um, which is why we don't see Daredevil. Daredevil is easy to defeat. You know, you can defeat him. You can fight fight him, but uh, Matt Murdock is the true uh, enemy of the Kingpin, and uh, I think he, I think the Kingpin hates the fact that a blind lawyer has bested him over these years, and he just goes about just destroying his life. It's it's ruthless in his uh, in his cruelty against Matt. For a seven issue run of an American monthly comic, they pack in so much, don't they? I mean, you know, the, the stuff we haven't sort of touched on this is mental health crisis that Matt Murdock has. There's an awful lot of themes about uh, Catholicism because obviously Matt Murdock is one of uh, Marvel's sort of like most notable Catholic characters. There's, as you say, the suggestion of his mother, um, and then this sort of like powerful redemption story that occurs uh in the pages i mean frank miller gets so much into this short run doesn't he absolutely it's it's jam-packed and uh you also you've also got the story of ben urich as well his his arc in it is incredible he starts off as a as a cowardly you know a little bit cowardly there's an incredibly cinematic uh, couple of pages where Ben is sitting in the middle of the Daily Bugle, uh, listening on the telephone, and then it cuts intercuts with uh, the nurse creeping into the hospital room of the witness, and uh, uh, you see the murder off panel of the well, it's not off panel. You see the murder of the witness uh, intercut with the closeness. It gets closer and closer on Ben's face. Uh, until you see his basically his face in red as he hears the screams and gurgles of the of the guy being killed it's it's incredible it's so evocative it's a fantastic sequence i mean ben urich's a great character the you know dogged daily bugle reporter this is one of the my favorite sort of ben urich um appearances in a way and that cinematic scene where Miller writes it and Mazzu Kelly sort of like depicts it. Because um, you get all the hubbub of the office, the busy newspaper office going on around him, but the sort of camera slowly pulls in on Murek's appalled face on the telephone, and it's quite stunning stuff. I've got, I mean, I'm not quite sure how Miller and Mazzu Kelly achieve it, but this cinematic effect is remarkable in the middle of this run. Yeah, there's so many good bits. I remember this is a comic book that a couple of months ago, uh, Daredevil was fighting Stiltman. Yep. Always his comedy this, foe. Yeah. And then you have, and then Born Again comes across and you just have amazing scenes like that. I mean, later on in the run as well, when you, when um, he's fighting Nuke, the, uh, the super soldier, there's some amazing um, scenes of that as well. Great fight choreography by Mazzu Kelly. Absolutely. Um, That'll be 2.33, I guess. Yes, 2.33. When <laughs> seen with Daredevil picking up a, a giant uh, machine gun. Oh, it, and um, Nuke being kicked off a roof uh, and landing on a taxi cab. It, it's, just, it's just absolutely full of amazing action scenes and just brilliant moments. So obviously Miller and Matsu Kelly will go on to do Batman Year One, which I think is after this, isn't it? 
Yes. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about Matsu Kelly's art. Let's turn to the art for the moment because it's a stunning achievement, this book. Oh, absolutely. Even from the first page, the first page, you have Karen Page um, selling uh, the secrets. And uh, it's done in sort of letter tone and there's a light from the blinds seeping through. Uh, even that first page is, is a work of art. Absolutely. And, you know, Miller, I think, had created this sort of noir, um, gritty world on his run on Daredevil. And Matsu Kelly picks that up, produces these cinematic scenes. I mean, there's that one, as you say, the blinds, uh, the slatted light. There's a similar one later on where J. Jonah Jameson, who becomes a much more serious newspaper editor rather than a slightly humorous character in the spider-man runs uh they do the same you know matt Kelly's work on this it's it's in a way it's a pity he didn't do more just straightforward comic runs before going off to do his you know his own art projects but it's i mean it's amazing stuff isn't it it's a great yeah it's a loss it's a loss to well loss to american comics he's still producing but absolutely uh and um if you look at the earlier issues of daredevil he was always good but he, he just ramps it up amazingly uh, for Born Again. I also particularly uh, appreciate like the, um, the title sequence pages and uh, the symmetry of those. So you, uh, for, the, for the first four issues, uh, the title pages have got um, Matt Murdock lying, lying asleep. So the first issue, you've got him asleep in a bed, in a nice, comfortable bed. Then in 228, you've got the title sequence and he's lying in a, in a slum. He's lying in a flop house in purgatory. And the third issue, you've got him lying in the back alley, uh, uh, completely broken. So you're sort of, it's sort of, you've sort of, um, you're telling the story of Matt Murdock's descent into, uh, descent into homelessness and loss through the title pages of where he sleeps. It's, Absolutely brilliant. And Kelly does those um, as a sort of top-down. The camera is above them, looking down on these images. And the one thing I noticed as they, as they progress through those three issues is that he curls up into a fetal ball. Um, That's right, yes. But then you, have, then you have issue four, the fourth issue, and you've got him lying uh, on a bed, Christ-like, with uh, the title Born Again. So it's... <laughs> It's, a, it's almost as if he's descending down and then in issue four, when he finds the, the church and the nuns, he is born again. So there's, there's lots of uh, themes of Catholicism and Christianity there as well. And not to sort of push it home too far, but even when he's been um, wounded and injured on the street, he gets stabbed in the side as well, isn't he? Very Christ-like oh, yes. in a way. Um, yes, the spear. Yeah. Um, so that's absolutely magnificent. We've mentioned the noir aspects as well. And then, of course, I guess the editors letting them carry on without putting Murdoch in the costume for so many issues. But at some point, he's finally going to put the costume back on and it produces a sort of splash page of the reappearance of Daredevil, which is just uh, fantastic, isn't it? Oh, that's amazing. What was that, issue um, 230? Yeah, I guess so. Yes, let's have a look. Ah, uh, two two thirty-two. Yeah, 
There we have it, yes. The last page of, of 232. Uh, he stands, Daredevil, in his costume, illuminated in front of the fires of Hell's Kitchen, and uh, it says, next issue, Armageddon. And it's sort of, it's all on again, isn't it? It's that, that, is, that is the uh, quintessential Daredevil picture, I think. Um, the flames, just the pose, that is... You can't get better than that, absolutely. It is a sort of like an iconic moment for Daredevil, as you say. You cannot get a a better image for the character in a way. And it's strange that, you know, as you said earlier, that uh, sometimes Daredevil and his rogues gallery was a little bit sort of humorous and silly and he fought some strange costumed opponents. But put him on the street level of Hell's Kitchen... Um, when the neighbourhood he loves is being attacked and destroyed by the Kingpin's super soldier. Um, and then you get that image of Matsu Kelly sort of like, you know, bringing the character back in his costume. And it's just amazing. What did you think when the Avengers turned up? Did you did you enjoy that moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it reminded me of the moment in Swamp Thing, um, Early in Alan Moore's run of Swamp Thing, I think in the fourth issue, uh, you have a scene where the the Justice League of America are standing around in the satellite, of course, described by Alan Moore. And in a couple of uh, panels and descriptions, he just um, he nails each of the characters. It's the same uh, with Born Again, when you have uh, lines such as like, uh, he's Captain America's got a voice that could command a god. And he does, as he tells Thor to, to uh, do something. You've got Iron Man in the, the unfortunate uh, 80s armour. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, that it's, it's great because it, it links it all back. And I think that's one of the reasons why Born Again has been referred to uh, in Marvel all the time, because, you know, it raised the Avengers up to, the, uh, to that level as well. I remember the Swamp Thing issue, as you say, he, I think Alan Moore said, you know, there's a house above the earth where the over people gather or something like that. And yeah. he did that thing, I think, of not naming the, the, the Justice League. And he does the same, or Frank Miller does the same here, then that the Avengers don't get named in the, in, the, in the sort of panels, as it were. They're just, you know, these iconic presences that turn up to save Hell's Kitchen. And as you say, uh, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, they're sort of like their powers. Um, it's its some of the most impressive appearances of the Avengers, and it's only like a few panels of them, really, isn't it? Yes. It's making you, as a reader, feel smarter because you know these characters, and it's not saying, oh, look, here's Iron Man, here's Thor. You've a couple of words and, and, and some panels in um, silhouette. And you know who they are. That's all you need to know. It's uh, it's great. It makes you real. Makes makes the reader feel smart. And I think Miller does that quite a bit throughout this book. In that you know, um, we you know we see some of the imagery and we work it out. We can work out who all these other characters are. We work out what Lois, the killer nurse, is up to, mm. um, and that famous scene with Ben Urich. And we, I think, we also because. It's not just Matt Murdock who's reborn in this title in this strip. Um, ben Yorick suffers, you know, goes through a rebirth himself when he yes. finds his integrity and his courage again. It's as you say, it expects a lot of the readers, um, and we fill in quite a lot for it. And it's just 
the way they do it is remarkable. It is, as you say, it's one of the great comic runs from the 80s. It does raise everyone up, even Captain America, because he's he's quite heavily featured in the last issue. And uh, even recently in an issue of Captain America, um, this was referred to the Born Again speech. I, I'm not quite sure what issue it was, but I read somewhere that uh, he made a comment about um, the American dream, which was a re- reference to uh, to to the Born Again, because there's, there's a bit where he holds a flag and goes, I'm only loyal to this. I'm only loyal to the dream. It's amazing, as you say, and the integrity of Captain America as ever comes through. Um, and he realises the military's involvement in the creation of this flawed super soldier nuke. Um, yeah, great stuff. What about the ending? Let's, without giving away too much, um, it does give us a sort of happy ending uh, with Matt Murdock and the, uh, the restored and born-again Karen Page as his girlfriend mm. on the streets of Hell's Kitchen. It's a remarkable moment in Daredevil history. It's almost the moment where they could have ended the strip, I think. Yes, it's definitely going to end. You could, you could stop reading Daredevil here and uh, and go on absolutely and, and it is just the final page really because you've got you've got the kingpin raging and planning and then just one final page of him going and he's happy now um not yeah not not daredevil's happy he's matt well, my name is matt murdoch and he is he's happy um it is it's a, it's a quick turnaround but incredibly it works uh, it's great stuff, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. And you could almost, as you say, see the Daredevil strip. Like, this is the finish of the, of the Daredevil stuff. Um, of course, next issue, he's back with uh, some more costumed villains to fight. I think Steve Ditko did the pen- pencils on the next issue, if I remember correctly, uh, where he fights yeah, Madcap. I remember, I remember as a kid being incredibly disappointed because I thought this was what Daredevil was like all the time. <laughs> Seven yeah. months of it, and then suddenly, oh, okay. Back to, uh, yes, to, to, to 80s Marvel. Yeah, it was a bit of a shame. But uh, later on in the Daredevil run, you had, um, uh, I think, one of my second favourite Daredevil runs is the Brian Michael Bendis run, where it just kind of uh, comes back to the themes of Born Again about uh, the Kingpin knowing Matt Murdock's identity. And instead of breaking Daredevil, he basically just gets the secret out. So everyone knows who Daredevil is. And the, Matt Murdock deals with it the best way he does. He says, if anyone calls me Daredevil, I'll sue them. <laughs> he's, he's he uses his law, the law as a, a, an attack. You know, he's kind of like, uh, if, you, if you call me Daredevil, I will sue you. That's brilliant. Brilliant. And um, we did also notice that the trade collection includes issue 226, which they actually they put at the end because it's not part of the Born Again run, as it were. But it was a Miller and Mazzucchelli issue. And, it, and that was the one I think you picked up in the newsagents, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Denny O'Neill as well. And, it's, and also Mazzucchelli is inked uh, by Dennis uh, Janke. Yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, so I mean, you can definitely tell the difference in the art. It's, uh, but it's it is it's part of the story. Um, it's where Daredevil saves Melvin Potter, the gladiator, saves his uh, his girlfriend, and that's kind of referenced later on in the um, in Born Again, um, when uh, Melvin says, "Oh, I, I can't, I'm not going to make the suit for the fake Daredevil because of uh, you know Daredevil saved helped me." 
and in the background, Matt Murdock's there going, make the suit. It's a great moment. But it's, yeah, it's, it's all referenced to there in 226. But I'm glad to see here that uh, it's in the trade because it is, I think it's, it's definitely um, interesting, important part of the story, definitely. And is it, you know, I mean, it's got to be up there in the top 10 Daredevil stories of all time. Is it, you know, one of the best comics from the 80s? Um, perhaps that doesn't get mentioned quite so often as some of the really big hitters like Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen. I would say even it didn't have the same impact as Dark Knight Returns or Watchmen or those things, but I do think it is the best. Uh, personally, it's my favourite comic. Yeah, favourite favorite comic run of all time, I'd have to say. It, it also, I think it's a comic run that... Um, because Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns have got some problems with them. Um, every time I read Born Again, it just seems to get better. Um, you know, I think it rises in my estimation as one of the great comics of the 1980s. You know, we, I mean, if we sort of like dance around it slightly, Frank Miller has become slightly controversial in recent years because some of his views yes. and a certain comic that he published. But, you know, going back to his early stuff, when he was in his pomp in the 80s, you just, you can't beat this Daredevil run at all and his early work on Daredevil. Absolutely. This, uh, Dark Knight Returns and uh, Batman Year One and Ronin as well. I'm a big fan of, of Ronin. I am uh, as well. I love that comic. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, the, I, I mentioned it earlier, the, um, the Kingpin, the Daredevil graphic novel with uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, that, that is that's that's just a brilliant issue as well and uh, i also i remember um uh, jumping out of my seat when i watched um spider-man into the spider-verse uh film yeah when you had uh suddenly you had um references to the kingpin's uh life and you, and you had the bill sinkevich art up there on the screen and i was going oh that's from that's from the daredevil graphic novel uh, to my kids who were incredibly unimpressed when we, uh, <laughs> pointing that out. I had a very similar experience myself, yes. I mean, <laughs> and Bill Sinkevich obviously tweeted about it at the time, uh, you know, that, you know, there was his dead, um, there was his kingpin depiction. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Let me turn you back to um, Matt Kelly's art for a moment. Um, let's start with the Grail page game, Sam. If any of this art from Born Again or the covers that are in the, included in the trade as well were available and we could afford them, which would you choose to have for your collection? Well, like I say, I do like the very first page. That is just absolutely beautiful. Um, and, of course, that page we were talking about with uh, Daredevil behind the flames, that is amazing. But I think the one... The one page, the one moment that that, uh, that sticks out at me is in issue 228. Uh, I did mention it previously. The moment where the kingpin is all smug and uh, he's got the crime scene photos and then you just see a close-up on his eyes with the there's no corpse, there's no corpse. Just the, the, the acting in the eyes and the, the, the silhouette that's my grail page that one there the smug kingpin <laughs> realizing that actually he hasn't won he's not matt is not dead i think fantastic at the end of issue 228 well i will post all these images when this episode comes out um that wonderful close-up of the uh, kingpin's eyes there is no corpse there is no corpse um <laughs> what a moment 
Okay, so those are your Grail pages. I'll grant you all those for the virtual art gallery that we have. Thank you very much. Book Club. When am I? When am I going to receive them then? <laughs> Virtually, you will get them along with your Mega City <laughs> Book Club coaster, which will arrive in physical form. Um, what about the rest of Matsukelli's other work? I mean, obviously, Batman Year One will come. I guess about is it about a year or so later than this? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's again. iconic as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I haven't read much of his uh, his work since, but his yeah, it, it, it's a loss to American comics. Um, he's uh, he's leaving to do his own stuff, but um, I'm sure his other stuff is good. I haven't really read much of it. I mentioned in our notes the two I've read, which is his adaptation of City of Glass and mm. his own uh, sort of original graphic novel, The Serious Polyp. Um, where he really experiments with his art, and I've I've seen him, uh, I've seen YouTube videos of him giving lectures in New York, and he's a fascinating and lovely character uh, who's very insightful about artwork and telling stories through it. So it, you know, it's fantastic that he's doing his own projects. Although, as you say, it would have been nicer to get. Um, we would have liked some more run on some sort of great comic book characters. Oh, absolutely, anything. I think uh, you could draw anything. Um, I think. And I would love to see his X-Men, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Incredible. So Daredevil Born Again, widely available in trade collections. Um, I'm going to say you probably find it in most comic book shops, the trade paperback. It's one of those big yeah. books, isn't it? Definitely. You've, you'll see it everywhere. I am going to pick up the Artisan edition with um, the scanned art. I have seen that copy. I've read a uh, hardcover copy of it i think the hardcover is a bit expensive but i think it's the soft softback is only 40 pounds so i'm definitely going to pick that up it's uh it's amazing to see the art in its original black and white with all like the, the scratches and the the uh changes and the all the, the all the work in the in the corners and the the um the borders yeah it's it's lovely so this is the Mazzucchelli Artisan edition of the uh, the black and white art, which, like yourself, I haven't picked up yet, but now there's a paperback version. Uh, as you say, it might become affordable. I might have to look at that because it would be lovely to study some of this original art in black and white close-up uh, and see how he did what he did. Um, so, yeah, that's available, but you can also pick up the trade fairly cheaply and it's available digitally as well and it's uh, you know it's one of those uh, essential comic book runs from that time is it something that you could hand to a new reader um sam would you give this to a new comic book reader and say here you go try this i think so i really do think so it's not got a ton of continuity in it um you maybe need, need to just to, to uh explain who Daredevil is, but uh, back in the eighties, I think Stanley uh, ingrained into most of the writers, make sure each issue could be the person's first ever comic book. So explain, explain what it is. I mean, you know, explains how his um, radar powers work and things like that. So yeah, I think this definitely could be given to a new reader straight off the bat and say read this I and mean, then they'll be spoiled because they will never be able to read something as good as that and they'll be chasing the uh chasing it for the rest of their comic book life like myself but um yeah definitely definitely give it to a new reader absolutely 
And you mentioned the Bendis run. Any other particular Daredevil runs or, you know, stories that you would recommend as well? Well, I do like the, uh, I did like uh, Ed Brubaker's run as well, which was, which followed on from um, Bendis's run. And uh, I also, uh, uh, I'm not up to date, but I've been enjoying the Chip Zadarki run, uh, the current uh, run of Daredevil. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to collect the old issues of Daredevil. So uh, any Daredevil is good for me. Yeah. I love him. There's, a, there's the Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Man of Fear, which goes back to the origin story as well, which I quite enjoyed. Yes, that's a good one. I've got, I think I've got a hardback of that. It's, it's Ooh, nice. beautiful. It's got, uh, it's got Braille. The, the title sequences are in, uh, on pages that actually have Braille on them. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, great stuff out there for Daredevil readers. Um, and Daredevil Born Again, obviously, we're going to say to everybody, if you've not read it, you should pick this one up. It is one of the great comics of all time. Absolutely. If you haven't read it, what are you doing? Go and get a <laughs> copy now. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for picking it, Sam, and coming on the book club with it. It is one of my favourite comics as well. So, you know, um, it was no hardship to drift off the 2000 AD terrain into uh, uh, or territory into this one. Absolutely. I mean, that's the reason why I'm still reading comics, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's no, no direct link to 2000 AD, except that they're both, you know, comics and they're both good. I suppose, I mean, we perhaps just mentioned it. There was that Frank Miller Judge Dredd cover, I think, for the magazine that was never used or published, but you can find it on the internet fairly easily. Um, so there yes. is a tenuous link, I guess. I mentioned recently in my one of my YouTube uh, uh, um talks in my in one of my youtube uh, reviews of 2000 ad i kind of put a link between that and the recent um mike mahone uh, cover oh yes yeah, yes yes Two, of course five zero for the jumping on prog again that's it i would i suggest that you know there's not that much difference between that frank miller cover and and that uh, recent one because um they're both exaggerated i mean okay dread has got uh, a beard in the Frank Miller one. I don't know what's going on there, but you know, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of white out could sort that out. But I mean, uh, you know, the Frank Miller one had a giant foot. The Mike Mahone one had sort of extended legs. Uh, you know, it, they're both un, unusual uh, depictions of Judge Dredd that I would say, you know, what's the difference really? I would have liked to seen that Frank Miller cover on, on, on a 2000 AD, definitely. Yeah, I mean, as you say, they're very stylized depictions of Judge Dredd mm. Um, mm. by artists who have learnt their trade uh, doing the sort of like sequential stuff and now can do more, um, I don't know, uh, what would they say? Their own, just doing their own thing, I guess, yeah. ploughing their own furrow with this, with this stuff. And you mentioned your YouTube Absolutely. channel. So let's get to guest project, Sam. Tell us about Comic Book Sam and what we'll find on your YouTube channel. Wow. Uh, I do uh, a flux sub first look subscriber unbagging and essentially as soon as I get my copy of 2000 AD be it on a Saturday or more recently it's like coming on a Wednesday or a Thursday uh, and essentially I unbag it uh, on camera and uh, then go through each story uh, it's full spoilers and um, just say what I feel say what I think I mean I'm not I'm not going in depth into each story uh, and reviewing it, it's more of like a, a gut feeling and things I've noticed and and just uh, just a first look, basically. 
So search YouTube for Comic Book Sam and you'll find the channel. Absolutely. I've got other videos as well. I've had a few chats with uh, uh, John Wagner and um, Rob Williams. Uh, the most recent one, um, Gary Erskine. There's a, a little chat with him about 2080. Um, yeah, lots of stuff like that and, and other uh, comic book related things. Yeah, um, check it out and uh, drop me a subscribe. And I'll put the links uh, to your channel in the show notes for this episode or on the website at makercitybookclub.com and also links uh, to your Twitter and Instagram where we can find you as well, I think. Yes, yeah, dropping lots of uh, pictures, yeah. And just thinking about your recent videos uh, and about 2000 AD, am I right in thinking, Sam, that you were the one who pointed out that the Department K story had certain similarities to um, Marvel's first family, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely. Department K was uh, a fantastic four story in the prog. I love the art. Uh, Dan Cornwall's art is amazing. But you essentially had the Fantastic Four. Uh, there, was a, there was Galactus. There was uh, Celestials. They were going through different dimensions. It was it was it was Department Fantastic Four, absolutely. And I noticed, I mean, you, when you pointed that out to me on your YouTube channel, and I thought, oh yeah, it is very Fantastic Four. And then I think the very next week after that, Dan, as you say, Dan Cornwall's artwork, um, basically Galactus turned up, and I thought, oh right, he's absolutely right on the money. Yeah, you saw yeah, that I did one enjoy coming, that Department K. Yeah, I did enjoy it, but it, it was very fantastic for you. And that's what I do in my in my video. I just sort of point out things, I uh, I think. And uh, um, there was one particular uh, bit recently. I um, in Now, that's what I call uh, justice, the John Wagner and uh, John Higgins story. Oh, yes, yeah. There was a character in uh, the latest uh, story, the Now That's What I Call Justice, that uh, a couple of issue, a couple of years previously, in a previous John Wagner story, there was this a character with the same name, and uh, I thought, hang on, John Wagner's using it's a it's a returning character, and I actually had a chance to speak to John uh, at Shrewsbury, and I put this to him. I said, oh, uh, how come this character's back? Because you definitely killed him in that, and he looked at me and went, oh, did they have the same name? Oh, I just like the name. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm really maybe looking into things a bit too much, but yeah, <laughs> that was quite funny. That's in a bit. That's in. Uh, if you go on my YouTube channel, there's the video of me talking to John. And I will post links to that on all the socials when this episode comes out as well, Sam. Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you so much for giving up your time this morning for us to talk about some great comics from the '80s. Absolutely, I'd talk about Born Again all day long. It's been brilliant. It is fantastic stuff. Uh, it's been great fun. And uh, I look forward, hopefully, to bumping into you at another convention at some point in the future um, if yes. the, uh, they get going and it's all safe to do so. Absolutely. I'll see you, I'll see you at the bar. Great stuff. Thank you, Sam. And thank you to everyone for listening to Mega City Book Club. As ever, find all of the links, including links to all of Sam's work, at megacitybookclub.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify and the 2080 forums or email me mcbcpodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch about uh, any comments, suggestions, what you thought about Born Again uh, or even if you've got a book of your own that you want to bring on and talk about on the book club. So until next time, when we're passing judgment on another great book, it's goodbye from me and... It's goodbye from me. 
comic book Sam. Wow. <laughs>